The Hook Health Check with Dr. Kira Kelly. Thanks to GP Live from Leia Healthcare, offering face-to-face video consultations with Irish registered GPs seven days a week. All right, it is time, as you know, for health. Uh, and uh, Dr. Kira Kelly, who joins me. Uh, Dr. Kelly, welcome to the program. Hello, George. I have to say that increasingly I am coming to the conclusion that we don't need you. Really? Yes. <laughs> I've often felt that way. <laughs> because increasingly the questions are coming in, which any sensible person could answer. Common sense is not common. Yeah. All right. But there are a few that, like the person who says, George, what does the doctor not hook think? Okay. So your answer is, what do you think of the ketosis uh, diet? Okay, just for you, George, ketosis diet is a diet that's been recommended by people who are selling cookbooks, generally speaking, um, for people with cancer and stuff like that. And uh, on that basis alone, because there's no evidence to support the use of it, I don't like it. Bear in mind also, it doesn't actually push anyone into ketosis, which is more or less impossible to do with food. Um, So it's a bit of a con in general. It's a high protein. uh, Low carb. Low carb, high fat diet. Um, I, no, yeah. and, and I would just be very wary and oncologists don't support the use of it and I would be very wary of tinkering yeah. with the diet of people with cancer because one of the things you want for somebody with cancer is to keep them as robust and as healthy as possible. I could have actually said that. I don't like that. fad diets. I could diets. have said all the, that. The people who are pro it now. The, by the way, it's like a religion. The people who are into it are madly into it. So yeah. your text lines about to light up with zealots who are all practicing yeah. high fat, low carb diets you know and loving it. Do you know what scares me? It says it's a bit like the Atkins diet. And the Atkins, the thing the Atkins yeah, diet did was you lost weight all right, but what you actually lost was muscle mass uh, and, and you never got it back. I, I mean, Lo- it, losing weight when you, when you're, have a, when you're a cancer patient is not right. what you want to do. Now, uh, what's urticaria? Urticaria. Urticaria. We were asked about urticaria relatively recently. They're hives, George. They're, they're itchy hives and they're very common and they drive people mad because they're very itchy. All right, well, somebody started Urax. Stop itching cream and it's fantastic. Urax, is, is it one of those creams that's quite good? It's like you have creams and stuff that you like too. Yeah, that's a good that's a good recommendation. In fact, that listener is probably referring to the last inquiry that we had about urticaria. All right, well, the whole world is itching, right? <laughs> it's true, I think. And it's unbelievable. Um, I, I, what's Otis exterior, Keith in Black Rock? He keeps waking up, itching his ears. Please help. He gets antibiotics every eight or twelve weeks. Otitis externa is yeah. what, how you pronounce it, and what it is is it's uh, infection or inflammation in your ear canal, in your outer ear canal. So just when you, uh, if you could push your finger in and push it in a bit further, that's where it would be. A lot of people have dermatitis in there, and they need to do certain things like a topical steroid. Well, you can use topical steroids actually, but also a bit of moisturiser. Do you know what I think is very good? Is a little bit of uh, olive oil. Just put a little, squeeze a little but bit but of olive oil into your ear. Now this is where I sometimes like have a problem with you, right? Sometimes. Keith in Blackrock is having a horrific time. Yeah. He gets antibiotics every 8 12 weeks and so on, so on, so on. And then, you know, you just said, listen, put a bit of olive oil in your if ear. If he's really right. bad. This is pretty uh, casual uh, Then, I, then I would on. suggest, okay, if he really needs to address this, if he's in a bad way, I think he's someone who should be referred to the eye and ear because they'll do some micro-suctioning, clear out his ear, maybe put in a wick, which is something soaked in an antiseptic and all that kind of stuff. But when you get back to baseline, when, when you've cleared your ear canal of the slough and the debris and the stuff that's making it itch and sore and any infective 
sort of material that's there then to keep your ear, ear canals nice and healthy a drop of olive oil is very good and you're still opposed to hydrogen peroxide in your ear. Uh, hydrogen peroxide is one of the constituents of some of the solvents people use for earwax I'll grant you however no I don't like putting it in and particularly if you have otitis external because okay. it burns the ear and but I, I, olive oil works just as well and is gentle right. gentle Alison Stanchley more itching under her armpits now now the local pharmacy she's used Dactor and cream. Now I know this Dactor and yeah, yeah, cream so do I. Um, because I used it for uh, uh, scrotums. No, my 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 right to, my left toes. My right toes are wonderful. My left toes have some fungal stuff. Okay, and I used Dactor and it was quite good. Yes, well she's using that and she can use that. I also like for armpits because armpits tend to be sweaty, which is why the fungus is there in the first place. Is this because women shave their armpits? No, no, no. It's to do with right. sweat actually. But um, Cal- but didn't God put hair there for a reason? Well, God actually did put if you or or in my you know evolution is what I think put it there, but did put hair on parts of our bodies for a reason, George. Yeah. Yes. For shaving them is not a good idea. It's to avoid chafing is what it is. It's to help keep skin creases at joints, like the tops of your legs or your armpits, from chafing when you move. So hair and oil is there to stop you from getting sore. That's what I mean. So yeah. I shave. Well, it's a fashion. Yeah, exactly. And um, calcine powder, I think, is quite good for sweaty areas. Yeah, but Alison and Shalene, she can't remember the shower gel I use, which is Sanex. Sanex. But but you need sha- they should be paying you. With, maybe they are for all oh, I know, but they no. should be paying you at this stage. You've raved oh. about it so much. Although, interestingly, the, the, the Sanex stuff, it's very hard to get rid of when you're washing. You really have to, you know, with soap, like if you stand under the shower, soap goes up. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really have to work to get this Sanex gel off. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it makes you cleaner then than you would right, normally just be. I thought you'd pass it on. Yeah. I, I, here's a question. Alex says, um, would an STD show up when you're getting your annual blood check? No, not necessarily. Are you serious? I know, of course. It Why would. am I getting annual blood checks every year? Well, I didn't think you were getting them to look for STDs, to be frank, I know, George. No, but hold a while now. No, this, I'm deadly serious. Like, <laughs> Fergus, my GP, takes my blood test every year. And he looks and at he, your blood count and your liver and your kidney and your cholesterol and your prostate. So maybe. I could be dying of an STD and I wouldn't know. Well you, well, you need to go for an STI screen, which is a wholly different set of tests that involve urine, that involve swabs. Yes, some bloods can be drawn for an STI screen to look at hepatitis and HIV and those types of things. But they don't, they're not covered under a routine annual blood test. They're specific. But you need now your... Now you tell you me. Need your, now you tell I, me. I'm not sure you need to be worried about STIs and if you do we should talk about it off air Um, no to this person no they won't and I suspect that they think that they need an STI screen from that question go and get one it's very important now we're keeping you on Okay, why have I done well there? Because I would have answered that question wrongly. Okay, okay. So so you've kept on, right? By the skin of my teeth, I've kept the gig. Well, now here's a very interesting one, which I'm going to be interested to hear you because I think I have the answer to this one as well, but I wouldn't dream. No, heaven forbid. 50-year-old woman, exercise, walking, normal weight, maybe slightly underweight, suffering from a regular heartbeat two, three times a day. Now... Otherwise, I feel fine. She's wondering, would half a bottle of wine every day be the reason? It could be. 
Alcohol and cardiac arrhythmias are, are very strongly linked. Atrial fibrillation is often brought on from alcohol. And you have to bear in mind this one. You're kidding me I am again. not. There can no. be up to 10 units of, of alcohol in a bottle of wine. That's, say, let's call that half a bottle, five units a day. She's on 35 units of alcohol a week. The safe limit for women is 11. This woman is over three times her weekly allowance of alcohol. So first off, could that be causing her a problem? Absolutely it could. Second of all, is it the cause that we have no idea? But she needs to go and have an ECG done. She may need a thing called a Holter monitor. She needs her thyroid function checked and all that sort of stuff. Your gas. I could be dying from STIs and I don't know about it. I could be dying from my irregular heartbeat now and I'm swelling Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand like there's no tomorrow. And now now suddenly you tell me I could be killing myself drinking Sauvignon Blanc. Well, bear in mind, half a bottle of wine a day, which a lot of people think is moderate drinking, is for a woman about three times. What about a 75-year-old man, soon to be 76? Uh, What about him? change of life, George. Who cares? Go on. yeah, that's my view. <laughs> that's my view. No, but that, no, but here's the point though. You got to it. You have a way of getting to the real stuff at the end of the answer. She needs to go to a cardiologist. She does. She needs to go and have some tests on some bloods and ECG yeah. and a thing called a Holter monitor. And a Holter monitor, all it is, is an ECG, but you wear it for 24 hours. And we need to pick up whether or not this is... A lot of people think that they're having irregular heartbeats but all they're having is a thing called ectopics which is an occasional extra yeah. beat and they're insignificant but if she's actually having runs of arrhythmia this woman needs to be sorted Absolutely. out it's a yeah, risk, of, it's a risk of stroke she needs to be checked and that's too much wine wherever you are that's too much wine one bottle a week I'm sorry is wherever you are wherever you are go to a cardiologist don't mind a half bottle of wine how day it's too much Honest to God. Just over a bottle a week is all women can metabolise safely. It's much lower than people think. We're codding ourselves constantly. So, in this women, you can't do what I can do in relation to something. No, 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 no. Your allowance for wine is almost twice mine. I never knew that. Yeah. I mean, the stuff you learn on this programme is unbelievable. Now, what about a fella called Guy? He got HPV from his girlfriend. Should he be worried about fertility? Now, I asked outside what the HPV was because I thought it was a heavy goods vehicle. (laughs) But apparently, what's HPV? HPV is the human papilloma virus that is currently a lot of debate about it because it's about the vaccine. Vaccine? Yes. I knew I heard from it somewhere. Yes. Um, Lots of people have HPV. Including men. Oh yeah, I, they want to bring they, they want to bring in the vaccine for boys as well, and so they should. Um, here's the thing: HPV will not affect his fertility, most likely. And HPV, what will it do? Give him cancer? Well, it can give him cancer, yeah, that's and that's what why I mean. we're vaccinating. Because even though he can't get cervical cancer, George, he can get from the HPV head and neck cancer. So he can get cancer in even his even though mouth. he's got the HPV in his most treasured possession, the cancer goes to his head and neck. Yes. Yes, the cancer goes to his mouth or to his throat. And those, unfortunately, are horrible cancers. And oh, they're yeah. not the cancer you want. So, you know, it, what, what does he need to do? Not worry about fertility, but um, he has it now. There's not an awful lot he can do about it. This is an opportunity on Ainu to say, get the vaccine. Oh, get uh, the vaccine. Is time? No, get no the vaccine. hold on. Stop. Stop. So now I could be dying of STIs. I could be dying of a, a irregular heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And now I could be dying of HPV. D- can I just say, it's not all about you. 
No, but but I mean, I'm the ordinary person. Like I, the ordinary person clearly doesn't know, as no. the testament to our female listener, that a half a bottle of wine is a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. right. So therefore, although she didn't mention it, so she may have thought it was relevant. Yes, she did mention yeah, it. Yeah, she may have thought it. She may have had some inkling it was a bit much. Right. But how would you know you have HPV? What are the symptoms? Well, he must have gone for. Well, uh, oh yeah, he must have gone for some kind of a screen to 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 test. He must have got. He must have gone for an STI screen. That's what he did. Oh, I see. Now there's a fellow sixty six, right? Yeah. He listens to the program re- regularly, although they're not connected, right? But he has frequent urination. Okay. Not emptying his bladder fully. Okay. Although he does say he has cystitis. Yeah. Well. That sounds like a self-diagnosis. Uh, yeah? Well, I thought that. But he's 66 for crying out loud. Do you, surely do you want to take this? Yeah, surely this is his prostate. Yes. Is, is there a 66-year-old listening to the program who doesn't get up in the middle of the night to have a pee? Uh, it's considered in men over a certain age that once to twice a night is normal because exactly. your prostate, even if your prostate is benign, it will be enlarged because it enlarges with age. So almost all men get up during the night once, if not twice. Yeah, so yeah, tough luck. Your days of having eight hours kip are gone. But here's the thing. If he's oh. having changes, urinary changes and new onset and symptoms and all that sort of stuff, he should be getting a PSA and a digital rectal examination. Mm. Yeah. That was a funny noise, George. <laughs> I just love getting a digital rectal examination. <laughs> it's I, not supposed to be enjoyable. <laughs> no, this one, this one. This is the biggest question of the day, right? How can I stop my husband driving me mad by scratching at his damn psoriasis? He has steroid creams, but he won't use them. He scratches so much in the telly. In fact, any time he's sitting down scratching. I am now, she says, trying to put cream on his elbows when he's asleep. How mad is that? Which of us is answering this? I'll go on you. I'd like to hear your take on this. Kick him out. Divorce him. George, that's not the kind of advice we want to give on the health check. This guy is... It's a word that starts with a B and ends with an X, right? And this guy is absolutely unfair to his wife by sitting there scratching away in front of the telly because he won't put on steroid cream, topical steroid cream. Now, come on. You cannot defend that kind of behaviour. The only word I know beginning with B and ending X is box. Um, <laughs> There's two L's in the middle as well. Stop, I'm trying to get you off the hook. <laughs> get you off the hook that you hang yourself on, George. Um, and look, the man is probably oblivious to the fact that he's scratching. He's probably unaware of it and he probably just forgets. The scratching isn't bothering him, it's bothering her. So she's the one who well, has to take on. action. You're a she's femi- exactly right. Slap on the cream when he's asleep. No, you're an atheistic feminist, right? And yet, I cannot believe that you're giving this guy uh, any kind of credit. This guy, like, should she should just say, you've got a week. I know what lovely English she said it to me once. It wasn't about scratching. It was about something else. And she said, you're out of here on Monday. If, if you don't put cream in your elbows. No, no, she was talking about something else. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I, I change look, my, I change my if behavior. If this is all he does that's bad, she could be well off. Hand in your atheistic feminist card because you're no longer a member. Oh, they don't give out cards. They're very, they're very kind of loose. Now, very I, loose I want group. to talk to you about babies. Go on, I love babies. Eight-year-old girl, constant UTI. What's oh, UTI? Urinary tract infection. 
At eight? Yeah. And But now, uh, three in the last six weeks, antibiotics not working. Okay, well, first of all, we don't know for sure, but if this hasn't happened, it needs to happen. She needs to go for some investigations because some kids, when they have recurrent UTIs, do get scarring on the kidneys and all that kind of stuff. And you can't tell which kids those are going to be. If she's had those done already, that's fine. We'll park that bit of the the answer. If she hasn't had that done, she needs a referral to get some investigations done. Let's presume she's had it done. There are things that can be done for poor kids like this, that, and there are loads of people who are very prone to this kind of thing. But antibiotics not working. Some of them go on actually a preventative antibiotic where they actually stay on an antibiotic all the time because you can't be going around having, you know, in five weeks, three urinary tract, three kidney infections. That's an awful lot for a child. For nature. Yes. Well, for anybody, it's dreadful. So sometimes what you have to do is you actually have to go on a preventative sort of a course of antibiotics. But when you're this bad, you should probably be under the care of a paediatric urologist. So this kid needs referral, in my view, for either investigations or even if she's had investigations for for management. All right, okay. Now, again, like I have to bring you back to reality sometimes, right? Listening to you, you think you could pick up the phone. I know. And uh, suddenly suddenly a a paediatric urologist answers and says, how do you want to bring your child down now? I know. If this person does not have private medical insurance. Yeah, and half the people the, don't. The chance of getting uh, a, consult- a consultation. The, so what she needs is, is either go to her GP and get up put on the public waiting list, which I will absolutely agree with you and won't defend for a moment is too long because it, okay. it appalls me so as much as it appalls you. Give me something else. This is still what she needs. She still needs to get to talk to a specialist. This is too much. Like she's having right. too many urinary tract infections. And yes, there are things that can be done, you know, about, um, they, they, they teach kids to do things like, like double void where they sit on the loo and before they don't, in case they're not fully emptying their bladders, to sit on the loo and then to wait a minute and wee again before they get right. up and all that stuff. But she does still need to see a specialist. All right. Now, can a newborn baby get thrush? I thought thrush was gained from seeing the wrong type of women, no? <laughs> yes, a no, newborn... No, but is that not true? Thrush is just a fungal infection. Oh. And fungus... Brother is, Athanasius clearly didn't know that. Brother, Brother Echinacea's advice to you was highly suspect on a lot of things <laughs> health-related. Um, yes, they can. Sometimes you see little white patches on the baby's tongue or the baby's roof. Of the All right, mouth. OK, but that's not the problem. The baby kissed his mo- or mum on the nose and now mum thinks, have I got thrush on my nose and getting a kiss from my child? Very hard to get thrush on the nose because you can really only get thrush, candida, mostly on mucous membranes. Inside so of the inside nose? Inside the mouth, inside the vulva under the foreskin all those places in the yes. nose um, in the nose up the nose you could but it's unlikely from a kiss on the nose the, 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 I, I, unless the baby stuck their tongue up well, the nostril well latched she uses the phrase latched on your nose I still think her nose is going to be okay and if it isn't okay get yourself a bit of over the counter canister and rub it on the outside of your nose and shove it up your nose as well it probably wouldn't do you any harm canister yeah over the counter is that a topical cream? It's topical antifungal. All right. Because a listener wants to know, uh, can they get topical steroid creams over the counter at their pharmacy? Because according to Dr. Kelly, cures everything. <laughs> yeah, Yes, you can. You can get 1% over the counter without prescription. What Which you is can as strong is, as you want. Yeah, yeah. What you can do is you can put it on your head and your hair, hair grows as well. Do you know what, George? They used to actually inject steroid into people's scalps to try and make their hair grow. Did they? Yeah, they did. What about the sticky mucus? Ex-smoker of five years, drinks a lot of coffee and Red Bull. 
I presume sticky mucus is where in his throat. Well, you see, that's, uh, you see, I have to say, I looked at that question and I went, I don't know where the where's sticky, the mucus. Well, where, where is the mucus? It could yeah. be anywhere. It could be in his eye or his ear yeah. or his nose or his mouth. Probably, or... probably in his coffin. Is... If he's coughing up sticky mucus and he's an ex-smoker, if it's clear, it's probably just hard. Jeez, that his his chest is is doing whatever it's doing from the smoking. Yeah, damage. but if it's, if it's blood dirty or oh, if it's bl- okay, uh, blood is not sticky mucus. Blood needs always. If you're coughing up blood from anywhere, it needs to be checked. And if it's if it's green, you may need to be checked. You could have a chest infection, but we actually don't know, listener, where your mucus right. where your mucus is. So, so do let us know. We, we, we're interested where the mucus is coming from. How can how can the fellow's ear drumming uh, pulsate when he's in a space with loud noises? But it's only in his left ear. Yeah, um, obviously his left ear is throbbing. I think, think I think he needs to have uh, uh, an examination done of his of his ear because we don't know why that's happening. Yeah, but you see, the problem with all this stuff is you're recommending all these people to have examinations and half of them won't be able to get said examination. The thing is this, George, I recognise the limitations of our abilities here on the health check, whereas you, I'm not sure, do recognise our limitations. We can't see this fella's eardrum, so all I can say is get it checked because I can't see it. But can, can, can the, you know, Dr. Fergus, my GP, gets a thing with a light Yes, it's called an otoscope. And he sticks it into my ear. And he says, if a ton of wax in there, George, put some uh, peroxide. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a devil. It doesn't. You're such a a brat. No, but hold a while. Here's another fella now. He's suffering from Achilles tendon. It's very painful walking us off ground. I've had two injections, a couple of physio sessions. No improvement. Where do I go from here? It's very hard. The very ki- hard. Achilles is very hard. A um, few things you can do. You can put a heel lift on the inside of your shoe, which will, which will take some of the pressure off your Achilles. That'll help. There's a thing you can do, and you can look it up on the internet to sort of see more clearly how to do it, where you stand on the bottom step of the stairs and you, you push your heel down towards the floor to stretch it out, and you can do stuff like that. Heat, I always found, because I've had Achilles tendonitis a couple of times myself, heat I always found preferable to cold. But the only thing that ever worked for me, and I've had it twice, was rest. Yeah, that's the problem with the Achilles. It's It's rest. There's no shortcut. You can go to physio, and I don't want to recommend going to physios like if somebody can. I go to physio, like, but yeah, but like, let's face it, three and four months it took to settle. Yeah, but a lot of people can't afford to go to physio on a regular basis. To be honest, no disrespect to physios, it made no bloody difference to me. Do you know? Well, you're against anybody. No, no, I actually think physios are. No, I like physios. I actually really like them. But why is it called the Achilles? Oh, because Achilles was shot by an arrow in the heel in the Battle of Troy. Where is well, this coming from? Well, why was he shot in the heel? Because he was fast. No. His mother, I have to go, but I have to answer as well. So we've got two choices here. We can be later. I'm going to... Go uh, on, do, go on. We're his all mother, on His mother dropped him into the river, right? Yeah. Which made him unkillable. But she was holding him by the heel. Ah. And that so was his that only was, point of vulnerability. Yeah, so ah. that's why they shot the arrow in his heel. Oh, I remember when Brad Pitt played that role in it was very very attractive man. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. <laughs> this health check goes he's everywhere. Married, he's married to some dame, isn't he? Brad Pitt, no, he left or she threw him out and Angelina right. Jolie. Okay. All right.